And that's what I see with my students that oh, I shouldn't have picked legal or I shouldn't have picked history. I'm like, well, well, why did you pick it? Well, because my teacher said that it was it was high ranked or that it would make me do well. Yeah. And so all these career advisors and teachers are, are are kind of looking at the statistics to see what subjects do better. And I get that, but you're forcing students to pick subjects that they don't enjoy, which means that they're not going to want to study it, which means that they're not going to do well anyway, and there's no enjoyment. It ruins the enjoyment of of your final years of school. In 1837, Horace Mann created the education system, a system at the time designed to pump out factory workers and professors, the same system that is still being used today in the 21st century. Now, Mann's system is backfiring. We are being moulded by the same industrial system that has existed for close to 200 years. That system delivers us into a digital economy that has no need of our outdated skills. This isn't our teachers' fault. This isn't the government's fault. This is due to a rapidly changing world full of technology and unforeseen circumstances. And us Gen Zs are caught in the middle. Welcome to the Driven Young Podcast, the podcast for stressed, overwhelmed young Australians, teaching you practical life skills you can implement now to set yourself up in life. And now your host, Byron Dempsey. Welcome back to the Driven Young Podcast. Today is a super interesting episode. If you're a fan of the show, I think you'll really enjoy this episode as I feel like it almost summarizes so many of the key points I talk about so regularly. Today, I'm joined by Monique, a 22-year-old founder of the tutoring company Love to Learn Tutoring. Monique reached out to me and we had a chat about some things and I realized how switched on she was when it comes to school and education, so I invited her on the show. If you are a student still in high school, this episode is going to be so good for you and I am super excited for you to listen. Today, we cover our beliefs on the schooling system, how we are pressured to chase high marks at the cost of our mental health, how we should be learning in school, catering to the four learning modalities, what Monique is seeing with her students and the rise of anxiety, ADHD and depression, why parents need to stop sheltering their kids how to choose your school subjects, entrepreneurship, and even how to set up a powerful saving strategy, and so much more. As per usual, please DM me on Instagram if you enjoyed this episode, and please DM Monique. She would love that. All the links are in the description. I've also added a Buy Me A Coffee donation link in the podcast description at the bottom. As you guys know, I work full-time on this podcast six days a week, and I don't make any money yet. And I've had some people reach out to me asking how they can support the show. So if you wanted to support me and what I'm doing, feel free to buy me a coffee on the link below. Any dollar amount helps, really does not matter, $3, $4, $5. Now, if you want to support myself and the show, but you don't have any money, then please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, share it with your friends, or just DM me on Instagram, and make sure you keep listening. Thanks, guys. Now, over to Monique. Monique, welcome so much to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Really excited to have you on and kind of talk about um, the schooling system. Yeah. I guess being an entrepreneur at a young age and kind of having employees to look after and everything. Um, but before we get into that, I'd love to know your story, who you are. Obviously, you're 21 years old, so yes. it's probably a short story from after high school. Yeah. But I'd love to know what you did after high school and what you're currently up to. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I graduated school in 2016. Um, so about four, yeah, four years ago now. Um, I graduated with a 95 ATA. I was around 95. I think it was 95, 94.6 that mm-hmm. I got. Um, and I worked so hard in school to get um, a high ATAR to open up more opportunities for myself. Um, and I think that's a lot of uh, 
that people have this mindset that they need to get a really high ATAR in order to get somewhere in life. And that's something that I definitely had. Um, got an early entry into Notre Dame for teaching, mm-hmm. um, declined it um, because I didn't want to be stuck um, as a teacher in the education system. So I didn't opt to that, said that maybe when I was in my 30s, I'd go back to teaching um, and ended up going to UTS and studied a Bachelor of Public Communication. So finished that last year. Um, haven't graduated yet because of COVID, but um, so I've got a Bachelor in Communications. Um, when I was through, when I was in university, I was working at the same time, so I was a party host at a um, children's play center, um, and then I was starting to tutor kids when I finished school. Um, it actually started off tutoring my neighbor, so I had a neighbor next door. One of the mums um, said to me, "Do you mind helping my daughter with homework after school?" So mm-hmm. I said yes. It was more of a favor thing; didn't really think much of it. Um, and it kind of went from there. So I um, started tutoring a couple of kids in my neighborhood. Word spread around, ended up opening a little Facebook page that um, was like Monique's tutoring services and babysitting mm-hmm. services because I was a nanny as well at the time. Um, and then it kind of went from there and I um, opened a – so I was mobile tutoring during university um, and I ended up getting up to 30-something kids while I was going to everyone's houses. Um, couldn't do it anymore. I was literally living out of my car um, and that's when I looked into office spaces. So I thought I need an actual centre where I can actually um, establish myself and get some help. Um, so last year in April, so 2019, I moved into an office space had my sister alongside me. She's a teacher, so she's got an actual degree in teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kick-started together just um, at our centre and we ended up growing. So, I mean, now we've got 115 kids, I think, and there's seven people um, working for me. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm at now. Um, yeah. Love it. And so, as we mentioned before, that's 115 kids yeah. every week. Like Correct. Yeah, like- regularly. So, they um, basically book in um, a time slot at the beginning of the term um, with a tutor and they lock in a, into a contract of half or full term. Um, so regularly we've got a hundred and around 115 kids coming weekly and that's that changes all the time depending on enrollments. Yeah, and you've got a bit of a waiting list as well. I do, so. yeah. We've got about 50 kids on a waiting list for 2021. Yeah, so um, you've sold out basically. Yeah, which is, pretty much. You know, yeah, back to dream. back. Yeah, for sure. And I mentioned we were kind of talking about this just before the show, but I wanted to bring it up again. Is basically like how, like, what is the difference between you and another tutoring company? Like, why yeah. are so many people coming to you? You don't have a website. No, you don't have any social media. No, really. my social media like, is not big. It's not. You're barely even online. Like, yeah. how have you grown to this point without any of that? And why are so many people like, you know, why do you have a waiting list of fifty yeah. people? And I, I try to pinpoint where it started because I didn't have a plan. It, it just, it, it literally just happened. And as cliche as that sounds, I didn't have a business plan. Um, I was at university thinking that I was going to have a corporate job as a PR, um, queen. I, I used to think when I was in, in university, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to work for some big PR company and, you know, do all their marketing and social media. And I, that was where I was heading. Mm. Um, so I kind of fell into it and I always had a love for teaching, always loved kids. I was a nanny. So I was a nanny since I left school really, or even in my last years of year 11 and 12, I was a nanny. Um, so loved kids, always knew I wanted to do teaching, but didn't want to be stuck in teaching. Like I mentioned before, um, I've seen it. I've got a lot of relatives and aunties and uncles that are teachers and that have been teachers for 25 years and they, they're over it. Like mm. I think that you kind of – it's awesome in the first few years um, but then it kind of gets to a point where it's just re- repetition. Yeah, and you made a great point earlier on about teaching. You're like, I want to be a teacher but I don't want to be stuck in the system. I didn't, yeah. Because I get – I put out quite a lot of polarizing stuff about my opinion on the education system. Yeah. And 
so many teachers agree with me. Like, I'm never talking down to the teachers. It's always yeah. the system. And I have so many teachers that will be like, oh, we want to talk about the stuff. We wish we could do more, but we can't because if we don't, then our kids will fail and then we'll yeah. get fired and then it's a lose. The kids are doing bad and we're doing definitely. bad and it just crumbles. And that's all because of the system. Yeah, it's such a strict system. And look, it's definitely changing and I've seen that. Um, since I was in school, I can see that there's different ways that they are approaching it and they're making it a little bit more creative and they're bringing in multimodal technologies to mm. assist kids, which is awesome because yeah. a lot of kids are visual learners nowadays. Um, so I have seen changes but they're only minor so um what i've done that kind of stands out to other tutoring centers is well i didn't have a plan it was never about the money it was just the passion um started out just as an uh, helping kids and mentoring them because i felt that i could relate to my school years and what worked and what didn't work especially towards my senior years because i do have kids that i mentor in their hsc years as well as little kids in kindergarten so all the way through um so I think when we started, uh, what made us different was that we were, well, first of all, we're all under the age of 24. So all of our staff members are under 24, um, which means we can all Mm. relate um, directly to the kids. And don't want to say that the older teachers aren't good, but we we find that because we're so young and we've come straight from school and we're in our early years of university or have just graduated, um, we have a different approach. 100%. And this is what we're talking about when you ask me who I have on the show. Yeah. Like I've had a lot of young people on the show and I've really loved that because it means the young people, they're only 10 steps ahead of you or five steps ahead of you versus a big CEO who's a thousand steps or a teacher who's 40 or 50 and they're so far ahead. And the world's changed so much since they were in high school. Yeah, So I think it's it's so valuable having younger people in teaching younger people. That's what I want to learn from a 23-year-old or a 22-year-old when I was in high school. Which I wish I'd, I did as well. And uh, I, look, I had awesome teachers in school. I was so grateful to have gone to the school that I went to. But when I look back, I can already pinpoint which teachers I had a better relationship with. And I think that that's what um, made us take off so quickly is because parents were seeing the the positive um, confidence levels and, mm. and academic achievements that these kids were getting in such a short period of time because they were mingling offer. So I find that if, if the kids don't have a relationship with their tutor or their teacher, they're not wanting to respond. And I see that with the kids going to school, I don't like my teacher or my teacher doesn't like me and they're always yelling at me or mm. they, they say I can't do this way but I like that way. And that sort of mentality that the kids are having when they come to me and they come to us, we yeah. allow that flexibility. Um, as much as we have to align with the school curriculum, which we do, we're very much in line with the curriculum. Um, I like to allow a little bit more flexibility. So we don't actually have a program. A lot of tutoring centers have set programs. Um, or some companies that have been in the industry for over 30 years, um, don't want to mention names, but these huge tutoring companies are awesome and, and really successful, but they have a specific program. And I think that some kids wouldn't do well there and hence why they're not doing well at school is because it's so strict Mm. that here's what you need to learn here's what the criteria is and if you don't fit that criteria well you're going to just fall under the cracks and it's such an that's such the it's such an old way of old school way old way of teaching that's kind of how the world is run and which is out of that episode with joe episode 34 he's talking about you know he's not a parent but the best way to be a parent is you can't there's no manual that's going to tell you the best way to be a parent you have to customize to each kid and you might have you know, me and my brother are very different and my sister is different again. So my parents have to adjust their yeah. teaching style, their parenting style to, to their my personality siblings. and their types. Yeah, exactly And the same right. goes with like tutoring and teaching. Yeah. It's like you can't just put 50 kids in a class and teach one way nah. because 30 kids might not learn that way. So yeah. you're only engaging 20 people, at it, which is pretty Correct. bad. And I think teachers fall into that because they thought, well, the majority of kids get it. I'm just going to, that's how I teach. If you don't get it, well, then too bad. Yeah. And I think... 
Um, when, cause when I'm looking back when I was younger and my, and my siblings were younger, my parents did all the homework with us. They did all our mm. assignments with us. Whereas nowadays, I feel like parents can't relate to it anymore because, um, they feel like the schooling system is, is such narrow, or so narrow minded that they even have lost track of how to teach their own kids. Mm. So that's why parents are turning to us. And it kind of, it, it makes me think, is it the education system? Why are kids needing tutoring so much? Learning difficulties are on the rise dramatically. We mm. we help kids with autism. We help kids with dyslexia. Um, we help kids with uh, OT issues, so fine motor skills and all of these issues that kids have. But why are they? Why are these issues so prominent now? Is is the question? Where is it coming from? And yeah. why is it so big? When we were younger, dyslexia and, and autism and all of these learning needs um, weren't as big, or, or we could say that they weren't as diagnosed. But I think that that's the question, isn't it? I know. It's like, and that's they, where I'm have trying they always to. Existed? It's always existed. I think it's just coming out more. Yeah. And the support's not there. And if you there's difference. There's not enough funding being put into schools, and parents kind of are forced to opt to private um, tuition or support outside of school, um, which is awesome for us. But I think there needs to be some sort of cohesion with us and, and the education system to work together in some way to support those mm. kids. Um, I think it's interesting yeah. because I, I actually think, and my mum was even saying that I might have a, a mild learning disability as well. Yeah, and but like. Just push through it for, yeah. for me because it's not like heavy enough. And I think by diagnosing it, it can often do, depending on the diagnosis, it can, you know, do more harm than good because yeah. you're now saying, oh, you have a learning disability. They go, therefore the kids will be like, oh, I can't learn this because I have a disability. Yeah, they put and you they, in a category. And they won't try. Yeah. Which is why it's good that you've got tutors who can especially work we do, for that. Yeah. We've got, um, like a speech pathologist and a, and a few other, um, that, that she's studying, um, speech and all the other tutors are actually familiar with learning difficulties. Mm. I'm going back to university next year to study a degree in autism just so I can open up, um, my experiences with, um, with kids with learning needs because a lot of, again, t- tuition centers out there, um, well, in my area especially, don't actually um, accommodate for mm. kids with with learning needs or visual learners. It's all paper and, and booklets, and we we've got a, map, a, a different approach. We're um, very in touch with like the the visuals and technology, and bringing out the creative side of kids, um, which I think that they respond to a lot a lot better. Yeah, than other yeah strict narrow minded. Hundred percent. And the fact that I, I was even thinking about this the other day. Obviously, this change is based on state, based on country, but if you look at like i was at a public school in sydney if you look at what most of the classes people do in year 11 and 12 which means i've selected these classes i would say you know if you don't do a science that's pretty jarring people yeah. be like whoa you're not doing a science mm-hmm. it's like but chemistry physics and, and biology are so specific yeah it's like why do you have to do a science if you're not doing a math that's a bit um, jarring yeah and so you're probably doing at least one science you're probably doing a maths and then you're doing english so that's half your subject right there and then it could be history, it could be whatever else it is. Yeah. But you'll notice how how few subjects are based around creativity. Definitely. Like art. Yeah. I don't even know what the or other they, subjects are. Or they don't are. run or like as in not enough kids pick it, which yeah. means that they, they, they don't run. So that was another thing that I wanted to mention when I was in school. Um, and I think I mentioned this before. I didn't do high-ranking subjects or what teachers um, refer to as, as high-ranking subjects. So that being, like you mentioned, the sciences and the advanced maths and this. Economics. Economics. And law and, and that stuff. Correct. I didn't do any of that. Um, I actually opted to visual arts and um, so standard I. English. I did general maths. I did 
um, TAFs and society and culture, so subjects that were actually relatable to our our society more so and a little and bit more creative. that interest you. Correct. Which is important. You yeah. need to pick subjects that interest, interest you. you. And you'll and you want to learn them. And yeah. that's what I see with my students. That, oh, I shouldn't have picked legal or I shouldn't have picked history. I'm like, well, why did you pick it? Well, because my teacher said that it was it was high-ranked or oh that gosh. it would make me do well. Yeah. And so all these career advisors and teachers are, are, are kind of looking at the statistics to see what subjects do better and I get that, but you're forcing students to pick mm. subjects that they don't enjoy, which means that they're not going to want to study it, yeah. which means that they're not going to do well anyway, and there's no enjoyment. It ruins mm. the enjoyment of, of your final yeah. years of school. But also, you could pick the lowest-ranking subjects, and if you ace them all, you're still going to do really well. Like Correct. I know people who got – I think even Alice maybe, a recent episode, she did all really – traditionally low-ranking low ranking subjects, subjects because yeah. she was so good at them she still got like a She's 98 still, yeah, or something correct. and people so, don't think and a lot of the teachers yeah. aren't telling the kids that and i i was called back to my school to to say look this is an example of how you can do well without those subjects mm. and so many of my students and and the kids underneath me the year below me in um 2017 were so surprised that i got the hr that i got because of the subjects yeah. and, they, and that made them rethink um, and even with my own students going into year 11, so in year 10, I, I encourage them, pick subjects that you're going to enjoy. Oh, but my mum said to do this one, and my dad yeah, yeah. said to do this, and my teacher said to do this. But what do you want to do? Like, yeah, what, what do you that's enjoy? It. Stop yeah. listening to um, your parents yeah. or your teachers. Listen to yourself. Yeah. Don't listen to us. Yeah. You know, listen to what you want to do. Exactly. And even then, man, it's so hard to pick subjects. I, I wanted to drop two. I dropped one. Yeah. And then I wanted to drop another. You can only drop one yeah. for us. And I was just like, I don't know, you know, I was I only picked a few subjects I actually enjoyed and I had that freedom as well. So many people will pick, they'll, you know, they're like, what do I have to pick? And they have to pick one of the sciences, as I mentioned. They'll be like, well, I have to do one of the sciences. Yeah. Why? I'm not, you're not interested in that. Are you doing something that needs, yeah. requires do need science? Do you need yeah. advanced chemistry knowledge? Do you need yeah. to understand how physics works to that yeah. degree? Yeah. Probably not, unless if, you want to be If you're like, doing a career that, yeah. that requires that, and that's what I say to my kids, if, you, if you're doing a career that requires that knowledge... Go ahead and pick it. But, even, but then, even that, you don't need it. But even then, yeah, you don't. And secondly, yeah. we're, when are we choosing the subjects? You're 16. Yeah. How do you know no what you want to do at 16? You are and what you want to do. And yeah. so you've just kind of, just, you solely, I think the number one advice would just be pick what you're interested in, what you're going to yeah. enjoy. I did visual arts and I did automotive, which is like mechanics. Yeah. My two favorite subjects because yeah. I was just working on major projects. Yeah. So in all of year 12, I was just rebuilding a motorbike. And then in visual arts, I was just making a video for my major work. Yeah. And I got Something top, that you were passionate about. I got about top of New South Wales in. for both both awesome. of those. I got 50 yeah. out of 50 and 50 out of 50. Yeah. And then my exam sucked because I'm really bad at exams. Yeah. But point is, I really enjoyed that. And they're not high-ranking subjects because I got such high marks that really pulled it me up. Push, pushed you up. And I yeah. think that's what people don't understand that that's yeah what the kids don't understand because they're not told that yeah um which is a shame but yeah it's just heavy conditioning and it breaks my heart that teachers are pushing that on them as well like that yeah. story you say about oh well you should pick law because it's a high-ranking subject but i have no interest in law and you yeah and man legal legal is probably the most complained about subject in my school yeah. um I don't know, legal and business were complained about quite a bit because they're yeah. very content heavy Correct. and they're very textbook heavy. Very essay-like yeah. and it's, it's, it's all statistical information and, mm. and research and if you're not interested in it, then you're not going to want to yeah. read about it. I didn't do business. No, and, I didn't and, do business <laughs> and I have a business. <laughs> That's right. Same, same with you. People think, oh, I'll do business because I might want to open my own business one day. I'm like, yeah, but you, it's not really – yes, it may. you may learn some things, but I didn't and I mm. just went into the deep end without any knowledge of business. It was just my own research and experiences yeah. that mattered most. And it's not, it's different. Business and entrepreneurship is very different, Completely. which people need to realize. Yeah. When you're studying business at uni or business at high school, it's very 
to get you into a corporate into the corporate world where you can kind of uh, do management and a bit of accounting and stuff. Whereas Correct. entrepreneurship is completely different. Completely different. It's and, a more creative side of things. Yeah, but people associate the two. They're like, oh, I want, I'll go study business because I want to start my own business. Yeah. Mm, that's not really how it no, works. No, <laughs> not at all. Yeah, and that's why people go, well, where did you get that business knowledge from? I'm like, well, it's experience. It's YouTube. Just, yeah, YouTube and just Googling and just yeah. um, touch, like following people on social media that have um, – that that know the what the business mindset is and yeah. business coaches and exactly. just having a look at people online to see what they have to say about it and learning tips and tricks off them. That's what I found helped me in, in some regard and just learning from myself as well. Just what have I learned that works and what have I learned that doesn't work and watching other people around me, that's that's where you learn the most. Yeah. It's not the um, going to school and, and doing a business subject or even going to university and doing a business degree. Yeah. None of that like really helps you unless you're actually in the field yourself that's where the real stuff happens yeah and it's you know it's just like exam technique as well if you've got good exam technique you're probably going to get a high mark yeah and get in you'd be able to get into what you want but it's not a good reflection if you can if you can actually do the job yeah like is writing down notes and being able to take notes from the board put them in your notebook really well and reflect on them well is that actually going to reflect how good of a physio you'll be or how good of an engineer you're going to be like especially something that requires a lot of people skills which most most um jobs do. Do, yeah. I don't know if you're seeing this in your students, but um I'm actually joined up with a company called Empower You and he's been doing I um, did hear that episode, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah awesome. Yeah, I liked he's that. He's amazing. I think that they should integrate that more into the schooling system, like mm. as, as career days and, and I think that's what he was saying that That was his dream. Yeah. It was yeah. like a long very long term yeah. dream. But I just did their events, yeah. um, participated awesome. on the weekend. Yeah. And the point I was I've just lost my point. Oh yeah. So the point was basically this is, you know, the sort of stuff we need to be learning. And mm-hmm. we need to be learning more stuff, which is like goal setting, you know, rote skills, personal skills. And what he's been seeing since when he started in 2001 to 2020, been doing this for like eight, 19, almost 20 years, yeah. people are lacking. Gen Z is really lacking discipline. The, parent, the parents have been a lot softer. Yeah. You know, back in like 2001, 2002, when he started it, no one ever left the program. They would just come and they would go. But now people will be like, oh, I'm a little bit uncomfortable. Call yeah, the parents. Yeah, the yeah. parents will come pick them up. And yeah. it's like, Oh, I no. never had that. No. Suck it up. Like yeah, you're, exactly. you're, you're there for two days. Yeah. You're going to get a lot out of it if you just commit Correct. instead of whinging and getting yeah. out of it. But I think kids think they can get away with that nowadays or mm. adolescents especially. The And parents don't know how to deal with that and kind of just block that out. And it's it's the – I kind of blame it on social media and, for sure. and the media in general for – um, making kids think that they that that there's no worth. I feel like they don't have the work ethic or they don't have that determination to mm. get through things and realize that things are going to be hard. Not things aren't going to be put on a silver platter for you. Mm. You're going to have to work hard. And I think that yeah, that's exactly right. That I'm sure he's seen the fact that the parenting styles have changed. Some some parents haven't. I'm grateful for the fact that my parents were so strict when oh, I was parent, young. I love my parents as well. So strict. I hated it at the time. Don't yeah. don't get me wrong. Yeah. Couldn't stand it. Um, strict Italian parents. It's the worst thing ever. I couldn't mm. go anywhere. I couldn't do this and that. But I look back at it and I'm like, it's what I learned from it that mm. made me who I am today. Yeah. The discipline that was behind it and the strict morals and the um, guidance that they gave me, that that's what's made me the person I am today. And my own discipline with my, my own work and my my um, day-to-day activities, that mm. that's 
what I've learned. Um, but I think, like you said, that that sort of program needs to be pushed through school. And something that I even eventually want to get into is um, having people like ourselves go back to schools and have young entrepreneurs go to schools yeah. and yeah. tell them about how we started yeah, yeah. or how, you know, schooling, and I'm sure school won't like to hear it, but schooling's not the end of the world. And, no, this you know, is what I'm here's going... what I'm doing and here's what yeah. you can do also and motivate them in that sense. I've always had a vision of doing that and going back to my old school and actually teaching them. That's cool. Um, about that and and that's why my, where my mentoring comes into it because I've got HSE kids. I'm not just a tutor. I don't just do the theoretical stuff. It's actually the the um, business and the um, entrepreneur side of things as well and oh, cool. pushing them through school, um, not just about the, the theory behind it as well. So I'm integrating more mentoring sessions as well online and in person as well as groups setting and bringing yeah. students together because I think students are so lost. Well, I didn't like that when they say to me um, – I didn't know that. My teacher didn't teach me that, you know, you don't have to do this subject in order to do this. I'm like, yeah, well, here I am today telling you that you can. And But this, the teachers in school are so stuck in where they are and they haven't left that education system for so long, they, they don't know how to tell them about it. They've never left it. Yeah. If from Since they had kindergarten. Yeah. And that's my fear about teachers. A great example is my – I mentioned I did automotive, which yeah. is mechanical. We were literally – I was rebuilding a motorbike. We were taking apart people working on cars with us in a garage – the teacher I had, awesome guy, he was a mechanic for like 20 or 30 years before he became a teacher. So he's got 20 or 30 years of mechanical experience. experience. Yeah. He was telling me that the people coming after him are book mechanics, meaning they've only studied mechanical engineering and stuff and how to do all this stuff in books, and now they're coming to teach it. Mm-hmm. And that's a worry because when you're working like a 1983 bike – Everything goes wrong, yeah. and the books don't teach you the when books, it goes wrong. No, when you get the, you can't get the nut off. He's got, he's got little tactics he's learned from other engineers on how to get the nut off and crack mm-hmm. it, and how to, how to do all that sort of stuff. And yeah. it's like that's really worrying. And so that's my biggest worry with teachers. And once again, we're not trying to look down at teachers because I think no, it's one, of, I, I admire one of the most I, important roles in society. Um, but my biggest worry is since I've been in kindergarten. They've literally just been in the education system for so long, and they haven't gone into the outside world or the the big the big world. And I yeah. think that's the problem. If we, if us young people can go back to school um, and and teach them, or even just have days where we just have a workshop and, mm. and show them um, different strategies to to get into a positive mindset and, and looking at different career options rather than being so narrow minded. It's okay if you don't have a career choice yet. Yeah. That's okay. It's normal. Pure example, me going to university and and studying a whole degree in communications. I haven't used my degree. And here I am without my degree. And it's like, well, you just wasted so much money. And I'm like, I, I, I know that and I kick myself for it. But then at the same time, I think, well, I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't do my degree. Mm. What if I did do teaching? Would I be where I am today? Probably not because mm. I'd be now um, as a casual teacher. Um, so probably wouldn't have time to run a business at the same time. So I think when my students hear of my experience of going to university, doing a degree that I haven't actually used, it gives them a little bit of reassurance that it's okay if that happens. Mm. Um, initially at the start, I was like, oh, what have I done? Like I've got a $25,000 debt sitting there that I need to now pay back and I haven't actually done my job um, as in the career that I've studied. Mm. Um, and my parents even kind of said, oh, well, you know, um, what if you just did teaching? And I said to them, well, you know, but I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I did do teaching. And I had, have had some people say that to me, or what a waste, or is this what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life? Or are you going to go like they've made comments like that because – they feel like my job isn't a long-term the job or, the on, or entrepreneurship in, in general and starting out young. Is that something that you want to do for, forever? Yeah. I said, well, it's, it hasn't, it wasn't my plan. 
Mm. It just happens. But the important thing is, so you, you know, a lot of people feel regret about the degree. Yeah. It's very normal because, as you mentioned, we've been pressured just to pick a degree. Yeah. So what do I do after something. school? Oh, I've got to pick something. Yeah. Bang, communications. Bang. Yeah. Whatever you know, your ATUG allows you to, commerce. to do. Oh, I got yeah. a 95. Well, this is a 95 degree. Cool. You know, God forbid you do a 60, de- oh, 60 yeah. degree. Yeah. No, and you might as well use it. <laughs> exactly. And I've spoken yeah. about that quite a bit as well. Um, but the important thing is that you were actually doing this business as well. So imagine how guilty you'd feel if you didn't have the business and all you were doing was your degree that I you know. haven't used. And yeah. so I don't think it's a loss because you've been doing the business no. on the side. You've got 150 students. You've grown a team, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, you're here on the podcast to chat about it and you're doing all this cool stuff as well. Yeah. And so my biggest fear is for people who haven't done that and they've just got the degree, like in that episode with Joe Weeby, episode yeah. 34, he just did the bare minimum and he, he says he lost like three years of his life yeah. because he just went to uni. He didn't really enjoy the degree. Yeah. He didn't do anything else and he was very uninspired. And for three years, that's kind of, he just floated through. Floated through, which yeah. is what so many students do. And that's what I did really. I did do that. And it wasn't until a year and a half into my degree that I realized it wasn't for me. Mm. And I felt, well, I might as well just finish it. Oh, that's um, a problem. <laughs> and that's what like, well, my parents were like, well, don't, don't leave now. Like you need da- to just finish it's it. It's dangerous because when you say that, sure, you might just, I've only got a year and a half left, sure, but then you're going to get your degree and you're going to be like, well, I got my degree. I have to use it. Yeah. And then you're going to be 10 yeah. years down the track and you're like, oh my God, how did this I end is, up here? This wasn't what I wanted I to do. I should have dropped out when I was yeah. a year and a half in and, and switched to another degree or switched to something else that I'm more passionate yeah. about. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's where I, where what happened to me. I was a year and a half in. Crap. This is what, it, what, what I didn't want to do this. I don't want to be a nine to five job behind a computer. And it wasn't until I did an internship, um, at a fashion company in Surrey Hills that, I'm like, I don't like this. Like, I, I mean, I'm sure communications, cause communications, you can go anywhere with it. Yeah, and that's why broad. I picked that degree. But the, the, um, job that I did as an internship was to literally just sit behind a desk from nine to five yeah. and um, work on social media and reply to comments and emails. I'm like, I can't do this. Mm. I'm a, like, I like talking. Like I'm a big talker and I like going places and doing things and being on the move, sitting there in an office space with a window next to me and computer decks all day, every day. Like I could not. Yeah, but at some point you did the internship. Yeah, because it was my, it was my, it was kind of like a a kick, a catalyst. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it was. It really was, and I'm grateful that I did that and pushed through that internship because I learned a lot from it. But it was also my, it was a stepping stone for me to realize it wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, And internships are just as important. If you figure out this is what you want to do, that's great. It's a good internship. Yeah. If you figure out this isn't what you want to do, that's, that's also, also great. great. Yeah, that's exactly. just as important. It's not. It's okay if yeah. that does happen. And I did explain that to like the, the person who I was doing the internship with. I said I, this wasn't what I expected. She goes, "That's okay. Like it's okay to not love this job mm. as much as I do. Um, you're it's a different the person. In, the point of an internship. Yeah, it's like it's a trial. Exactly right. It's, it's like a Netflix little, trial. Little, little, in, little insight. Days. Yeah, a little. Yeah, like a little trial. That's right. Um, so yeah, I was was grateful that I was doing that. I was doing my um job on the side. As well, this mobile tutoring, and I think that I was pushing more towards that. Um, so yeah, that would have been in my halfway through university that I did that internship. Wish I did it sooner, mm. um, or wish I kind of did a little bit more research into it. But um, it didn't hold me back. Like I, I, yeah, it was just something that I had on the side. At least I can say I did it and I learnt something from it. Yeah, more well, you did. Anything. You learned something so important. Yeah. You realized that I don't want to do this specific thing. Yeah. Therefore, and I often find with people like yourself, and I had a good woman on yesterday who has a company called Flourish Girls, and yeah. they actually do what you said. They go into um, schools and they do like a workshop for a mm-hmm. whole day and talk about a bunch of stuff, like, um, and all for, for girls specifically. Yeah. I think we had that in school. I do, like, as in a similar program where yeah. it was a, um, for, for girls only, mm, cool. um, self esteem and, um, that's, badly yeah, mental health. That's, and, that's what they do. Yeah, Maybe it was yeah. Them. It could have been, you know. They, yeah, it might they have been. They just started. She started in 2016. 
I think it was in year 11 or 12, it may, so it may or may or not have been mm. them. The Mania in Melbourne, they do a few stuff in Sydney. So, but okay. anyway, it could be, yeah. it's, um, it's important, Something right? that's really important. Yeah, and yeah. so and it's funny because I've kind of – getting into schools is a massive gatekeeper. To speak at schools or to run programs in schools, it's very difficult. Yeah. Because schools, you know, if, God forbid they lose a day. Now they have to yeah. play catch-up on every subject. Oh, they're very but, hesitant with anything outside of this school, yeah, the school and, realm. But it's like crazy. Do you know how much value you could learn and provide to your kids in a day? And instead they just miss out on one math lesson or yeah. a math lesson, some science and some English, which Correct. is – not that hard to catch yeah. up on. Yeah, but in their mindset, it is. Oh, it's like, a day of teaching. Or yeah. what are we going to do? And yeah, so I think we did have that in school, but not often. Yeah, I think like, it needs to be frequent, like yeah. at least once a term. You Correct. need to be having people coming yeah. in. And there's so many amazing companies out there that I'm, because I'm, I'm kind of linking up with all these companies because yeah. I'm wanting to partner with them and learn yeah. from them and stuff. And there's so many. There's Flourish Girls, which is for girls. There's the equivalent for men, which is like Man Cave. Awesome. They do the exact same thing, but for boys. Yeah. And there's so many companies that are going to schools. Um, Brent, who I had on, different Brent. Yeah, he's um he talks about sexual assault. Yeah, and stuff. which is important as well. It's probably my yeah. best, probably the most important episode I've filmed. He came on the show. Yeah, and he's amazing. He does two hours with the boys and two hours with the girls. So there's yeah. just so many extracurricular stuff that I think schools could be adopting. And I know there's a lot more politics and do they have the budget and yeah. you know once again the system. The yeah, system the doesn't system, really or allow it. Is it okay it. what they're teaching our kids? We need to get parent permission. And it's yeah, a very yeah. much, well, if a parent doesn't agree with, well, they, they opt out. I do remember in school, if there was um, programs that used to come to our school, if a parent didn't give permission for it, then you could not what? be participants of it all the time. I used to, my uh, parents were all for it, but there were so many kids that got pulled out because their how's parents. That allowed? Why do they not want their kids? I don't know. And it made me think, I'm like, well, why? What's so bad about what we're learning about today? It's literally about road safety and drugs and alcohol yeah. and all of that, which I found important. And so did my parents, but so important. a lot of parents didn't, and they were so, put out. But this is what I'm saying about how I think parents have become very soft. It's like you shouldn't be able to yeah. pull out. Like, well, they shelter their kids from the truth of, of reality. Yeah, there's yeah. so much. I think the worst thing you can do as a parent is shelter your kids. And it's funny because they think they're being really good parents because you're going, oh, I look after them. I won't let her do this. She's not getting the drugs. Like, but that's the worst thing you can do. And often, them often the sheltered kids are the ones, as soon as they get a little bit of freedom, they're going to go wild. Yeah. Like, oh, I've got my car. That's right. I can get out of what here. What am I going to do? I'm yeah, freedom. Yeah. I can do whatever I want. Whereas, yeah. like, for me, my parents didn't really shelter me at all. Yeah. And it worked really well for me because it meant they've always trusted me. I've never really betrayed their trust. Yeah. And they weren't – they were strict on their beliefs. Like, you mentioned your parents are really strict. Mine yeah. weren't that strict. But even stuff like when I was 16, Grand Theft Auto Five came out and yeah. all my friends got a – on PlayStation. It's an R18 game. Yeah. But 16, you're kind of at that point where you've got the maturity to yeah, yeah. not be influenced by it. Yeah. Um, all my friends got it and I was going to get it and my mum wouldn't let me. And I was like, oh, I can't get it. Yeah. And it kind of like shook me and I was a bit annoyed. I was like, I really wanted to play it. Because all your friends had it. And it was, it was the a, in thing. <laughs> at the time, I'm like, oh, that sucks. But it's like, you know, I respect her for sticking to her values. And honestly, it wasn't even that bad. Like, yeah. I just moved on. I've got a different game or something. Yeah. But like, it's, I think that's a great example. Another cool one was um, Brent. He shares a story. He, we mentioned it runs a power you. Yeah. He was like, when he was a kid at a fair, he had $5 um, to spend, $5 a night, and he lost it. And he went up to his parents. He said, oh, I need, need my $5. Um, please, you know, I lost it. What am I going to do? And it's so, so, so easy for the parents to just give him another $5. It's not much yeah. money. Yeah. But she said, no, you know, it's your responsibility. You lost yeah. the money. You've got to deal with it. Yeah. And that's where I think most parents nowadays would just give the kid another $5. Yeah. Because it's easy. Because then he's not going to cry. He's going to run off and have a good time. Yeah. But as a parent, I think you need to be, yeah. you know, teaching those life, life yeah. lessons. 
It's hard though, like to, and I find it hard to have those sorts of opinions because I'm not a parent myself yet. Mm. And you can judge all you want, but then until you're in the position, that's when you learn most. And um, yeah, I've seen different parenting styles and uh, come through like with the parents that I meet, and I can yeah can see the positive and negative repercussions that does mm. have on on the kids' personality, behavior, their language, their everything really. Um, so I think as much as school, like parenting and schooling um, together mm. make a huge difference. And I think, I, I guess we're more talking to the kids. If you're noticing that you are being sheltered too much, it can be very comfortable yeah. because it's like, oh, you, you know, you get a lot of stuff. But in discomfort and by pushing yourself out there, that's where you're going to actually make those steps just like you, yeah. you know, i'm sure it's uncomfortable to start a business you had a lot yeah. of a lot of friction with oh, your lot friends of, and family. a lot of doubts and a lot of people telling me like you can't do that or that's going to be too hard or it's going to cost too much and um but that's not what you wanted to do or why are you doing that or mm. so many people doubt you and especially at a young age you they think that um you're incapable of of doing that and i think that the stereotype behind business owners is, is that you're in your 30s and 40s and you've established yourself already. And so when I went into it at first, I had the judgment. I had the people um, say, like, you know, like I said, I lost quite a lot. I think I said before the podcast, I said I lost quite a few friends in school just on different different ends. And I knew that I was going to lose them anyway, mm. um, as in it happens. You're not going to stick by all your friends in school. I did keep a couple that I'm still quite close with that are supportive, but um, some people just don't get it. Um, and I think it's not until you you're an entrepreneur yourself or you have that experience um, and you can relate to them, that that's when you kind of stick together. And that's Mm. what I find as as a business owner being so young, I struggle with that because I don't have a lot of friends. I go to work and I've got staff that are all, like I mentioned, under the age of 24, awesome, love them, such a cool team, but we don't get the chance to really liaise with each other because we're always back-to-back with students. So, And I find that quite quite hard, Mm. not having people there all the time to my own age to be able to relate to and and speak to. Um, It's definitely... I found this to hands to be the hardest thing about starting a business when you're young. And I've spoken about quite a bit, just like with my story, similar, like very lonely, like yeah. working from home. I hate working from home. It's lonely. Yeah. That's why I'm in this office and I yeah. rent out this office and you space. Meet, meet people. Yeah. It's yeah. a co-working space. Lots of people here. And yeah, that was my hardest part. And I just, as you mentioned, once again, we're not trying to put ourselves on a pedestal here, but one if you haven't run a business before, you don't understand no. kind of what people are going through. And the that behind sort of the stuff. scenes, because you just see the forefront of it. Yeah. Um, you don't actually see what's happening behind closed doors and the hours and hours of work that you're putting mm. in behind closed doors. Usually um, paying yourself a lower wage than your staff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I started that I, when I first started, I think I was getting 15 or $20 an hour. Yeah. And I've obviously increased over time, but I'm still cheaper than my staff. Yeah. And it just, my business coach, she said to me, she goes, that blows my mind. Why on earth are you more affordable than your staff members? Mm. And I said, well, I've got a, I've, I've got loyalty with all these customers or I don't like to call them customers, students and parents that I've had for so long that to just dramatically increase my prices, I just don't feel right doing that. Mm. And she understands where I'm coming from, but she says, I know, but like you're the face behind the business. You're meant to be more expensive because you've obviously got the results and people are coming to you because of you. Mm. Um, so, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to that. You kind of work for free. We work for nothing. I put in hours and hours of work behind closed doors, mm. but yet I'm still getting a lower wage yeah. in comparison to my staff members because of all the expenses. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's something. Because you got to pay noticed. for the office. Yeah, you got to pay for accounting there's software. Rent, there's insurance. There's so much. And people don't get it. And as soon as you bump up your prices, oh, 
but you're so young and why are you doing that? And you don't have that experience to do that. And that's something that I've battled with as well is the people doubting or questioning your prices because of your age. Mm. Um, but it, they don't realize what goes behind closed doors. And age, like you, like we talked about before, is just a number. Mm. Just because I'm a young, uh, I'm quite young, and I don't have a degree in teaching, it doesn't mean I'm incapable of um, being on the same level as what a 25 or 30 year old teacher would be. Yeah, and um, by being young, as you mentioned, you've got that relatability. Yeah. When they're saying, "Oh, it's so hard because I've got you know, it's so hard going through school with Snapchat and all these things." If you have a 30-year-old, they don't know what that's like. No, They're probably never even used Snapchat. And I get it. Like when the kids say that to me, I'm like, I get it. I've been there. I've yeah. done that. And and they, they laugh at it because they know that I understand. And yeah. when they mention gaming and different things, especially my young boys. Fortnite. Fortnite. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's Roblox, Roblox and all these things. And, and I know what it us. is. And I yeah. and I get it. And they, how do you know that? Or what do you, how do you know about that? I'm like, it's awesome. It's cool. And, <laughs> and they just, they, they love that because they, I can then integrate that um, love for the um, social media and, and things outside of school into their learning. I, I said, that's fine. Let's, how about we bring Roblox to life and mm. you write a, cr- a creative story about that? Or how about, um, tell me about Fortnite. What can you tell me about? Then they go on a rant about Fortnite. Awesome. That can be our main character. Yeah, and, yeah. and bringing that into their learning. Whereas a lot of teachers, nah, we're not talking about that. We're writing a story about this or we're doing this. Yeah. Whereas I say, no, that's fine. I get it. Let's integrate that into our learning yeah. in and, a way that they can relate and the to. The other teachers, it's not that they won't want to do that. They just don't know anything about Fortnite. Mm. They don't know anything about these games or whatever the example is, right? We, we're just pulling out random examples. Yeah. But like, it, and that's why, you know, you build that relationship with them. So it's like, oh, you're not just... Because kids view teachers, the way they view teachers is very differently. It's like, is this teacher a friend or is it just, oh, I'm coming in, yeah. they're above me, they're teaching me, and then I get out? Or are we kind of like got a bit of a relationship and yeah. we have a bit of, when you walk in, have a bit of chat, how was your weekend? Yeah. Oh, cool, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So how can we apply that? And yeah. you actually really, as you mentioned, as opposed to the cookie cutter, let's just follow the structure. Yeah. Each kid has their own structure and it's accommodated to them. Definitely. Which obviously is very... I know it's very hard to do at school. Like yeah. if you've got 180 students in a year, how do we create that for each? For every single child. You can't really, but that. we can try at least, you know, they say there's four learning types. So if we can try adapt to the four learning types, most people will find one that fits within them. Yeah. As opposed to right now, schools only teaching the one, one of the learning types. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why I think it's, it's so important, as you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And no, I agree. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, Let's move on. Yeah. So you mentioned, because I kind of want to link back to, because I think this is really important, but we went a little bit off topic. Yeah. This loneliness and business for young people, because I mentioned I relate to that. And the whole reason I kind of started this podcast and what I want to do with the future is try, you know, create an environment where we've got young, not specifically entrepreneurs, but young people who kind of want to do more, don't see themselves following the tr- traditional pathway, or even if at uni, they want to do more yeah. outside of uni. And I think, why do you think it's so important as a young person to kind of be connecting with other, other um, young people? You like know, that? I, I think it's a it's a massive thing that people shy away from talking about because, like I said, I you, you as a business owner, you don't want to put yourself on a pedestal and make yourself out as if I've got all this um, power, and you and you don't. And it's like I. I I love what I do, but I think that you, there's a certain stereotype attached to it. So I think. I don't know. Do people shy away from from wanting to to liaise with you or, or reach out to you or or, or reconnect with you? Um, I don't know. I, it's something that I've I've battled with myself and and not having um, people that can relate to me. I don't think that you need to be a business owner yourself to be a friend with someone who's an entrepreneur. But um, I think that having someone with that same experience enables you to have a little bit of a um, 
commonality between mm. each other. Um, it's the same way people go to uni to meet yeah, people. Yeah, and I, I and I did. Look, I met people in uni, but I don't speak to any of them really. Like, as in, when I was at university, I had so many classes, and UTS is huge, and most universities are huge. You you meet someone awesome for a semester, then the yeah. next semester they're gone, and it's like, oh, but they were such a nice person. Yeah. Or I found that because I went to UTS, um, and it was in the city, it was about an hour hour train ride, so. A lot of people weren't from my area. So, um, because I was so, I was such in a little bubble in, in Southwest Sydney in a small town, um, of Camden. And it's like, well, where's that? When I'd meet people, where's, where's that? And I think because a lot of people go to this one place at university and come from so many different parts of Sydney mm. that that's one of the issues is location. Um, number massive. two is you don't, you, you meet them once and then the next semester they're gone. So then that relationship's ended. You've got them on social media. Cool. You may touch base with them here and there, or you might see them a, a semester down the track the following year yeah. and rekindle with them again. But then that's it. I can honestly sit here and say that I just went to university and did my degree. Mm. Didn't, um, and I regret it now. I didn't go that extra mile by, um, building relationships with people or, um, going into clubs and things that, that UTS had. I didn't do any of that because I just wanted to go there, do my degree and then get back to work mm. or get back to whatever I had to do. So I missed that. And I heard so many, and you watch these movies and oh, they're Americanized yeah, yeah, movies yeah. and there's all these cool colleges that you meet people and you um, have a really cool relationship yeah, with them. And you and share dorms with them. And yeah, I yeah. had that in my head. And I knew that um, Sydney and Australia wasn't the same, but I had this mindset of university is going to be so cool. I'm going to meet new people. And I didn't have that experience, unfortunately. And I'm sure people had. Have. That's a huge one. We're yeah. so, I mean, obviously, I think I'm aware we've got a lot of international listeners, but like in Australia, we're so Americanized the way you grow up. All the movies are frats yeah. and societies and drinking and living in dorms, as you yeah. mentioned, having a fun time. It doesn't exist in Australia no. unless you're one of the few who lives on campus, That's which is right. ridiculously expensive. Massively. It's mainly just, um, really wealthy Chinese international students yeah. who can afford that. Correct. Um, unless you get a scholarship. I have a few few friends who got a scholarship. And then they I don't know anyone do who pays for it because why would you pay for it when you could live at home for free and just travel yeah. 45 minutes into the Correct. city? But then it really affects your social Massively, yeah. Your social and, you, life. and you do become lonely because you kind of go to uni – meet people, cool, you go home, do your assignments, admit them, go back to uni. Like mm. I was going back and forward a few days a week, um, but hated it because I wasn't going there. There was no enjoyment behind it. Mm. There was It was so theoretical. And I'm lucky because ours our communications is very based on assignments and um, actually doing real-life situations rather than tests and things. But um, we didn't do anything that put us into the workforce mm. and we didn't actually have, unless they, they, they did suggest internships, but I, I found mine not on my own, but, um, going there and it was the sub, here's the subject. Yep. You get a certificate at the end and you pass. You, all you have to do is pass. That's what I had in my head. Just mm. pass and I'll get a degree. That's all I need to do. Yeah. And, and I regret it because. But how many people do that? So many it's people. It's like the episode with Joe. I'm bringing it up again because it, so that episode, I got more messages on that episode than any other episode because people so were like, people I was in that exact it. situation. I was just doing the bare minimum at university. Yeah. And obviously with COVID, this has only been heightened. Yeah. So this message is more important than ever. Especially because everyone's at home doing yeah. the degrees or they're starting to go back now, but most people have been doing the degree online. Yeah. I can't imagine anything worse. I liked going there. Um, I think I needed that rather than being cooped up in my room and, and mm. studying, but I can only imagine how hard it must be yeah. also for the for the students now. Yeah. So thank God, as you mentioned, we're pretty much in Australia. Yeah. We're going back to normal, but yeah. America's 
in lockdown. Yeah. And other countries, UK's in lockdown. Like yeah. we're, we you know, we're crushing it. Definitely. So I'm aware there's people who are much worse off than us. Yeah, for and sure. So much like lo- lonely. I take for granted that like I'm not lonely, but there's certain, I do get caught up in my head being like working on your own and having, mm. having that pressure of having to do everything behind closed doors that people don't appreciate or see. Yeah. Um, they just think that you rock up to work and mm. do what you have to do and that's it. And it's not, unfortunately, it's not that easy unless you've got other people doing things for you. Um, when usually when you start out, you do it all on your own because yeah. you don't have the finances to, to seek help at mm. that stage. And I, yeah, literally, I'm my admin team, I'm my, my own accountant, I'm, so I'm, I. Uh, I'm yeah. everything in one. And that's all the extra work. Um, I then go to work for, you know, from 2.30 to, to 9. That's really cool. You've got those hours. But no, what do you think I'm mm. doing from the morning till then? It's So business work. breaks up into four categories. You've got admin, uh, delivery, uh, admin, sales, delivery, and marketing. Admin, sales, marketing, delivery. I think that's the order. Yeah, that and sounds so right. And so admin. So what we're talking about here is an employee just does delivery. Yeah. And delivery in this situation it, is when you're sitting one-on-one with a kid during your tutoring. Yeah. But there's so many other aspects to that that no yeah. one and that employees don't realize. And yeah. so you've also got to do admin. You could do all the admin work. You've got to do all the sales work. You've got to do sales calls where you're converting people. Yeah. You could do all the marketing, which for you has just, by sounds of it, just been referrals. Yeah, yeah. Which is great. Mainly referrals. Now I'm more in touch with social media and I'm, I'm starting mm. to show my face more on social media. Um, and putting like face to like business name to person because mm. people uh, relate to people. Yes, it is. Um, yeah. Massive thing that I've learned from my business coach is show your face more, show Faces who you are and, are and what you're about. And I think that's what I'm starting to do more so. Um, Facebook um, has been where my main target audience is. So I've got about 700 followers on there, but it's the Instagram that I'm starting to be in touch more just for the younger generation, for, mm. for young kids in in their in senior years. I want to be able to reach out to those those students and pop on social media and give them advice and organize um, meetings with them at free of charge just to make them feel like they've got someone who has been there, done that, and, and can help them through it if their mm. parents or they've got no one in their life that they can't. Yeah. Um, yeah, or they can, sorry, um, like teachers and parents. If they, they can't relate to them, then we're the type of people that they want to get in touch with, um, I think. And I think that if they know that we're out there, then they can, I mean, especially this podcast, they mm. can listen to it and feel like they've got someone to to listen to and talk to and reach out to. And that's something I've noticed with the podcast is, and it's, it's so cool to see. Like I get a lot of DMs now and it's like people like, you know, I, you finally speak the same language or they're just yeah. like, oh, this is what, you know, I wish I was learning. And it's like, that's exactly why I started it. Yeah. And, and I'm very passionate about it because so many people kind of, and so many parents as well, so many teachers feel this way. Yeah. It's like, there doesn't seem to be a big driving force. Yeah. Like, as you mentioned, when seeing um, some changes in the education system. Definitely. But it needs to be drastically minor, changed. Minor, just minor. Yeah. It's, it's a working progress and I can see that. Um, my sister being in the education system, she's seen the changes and she's teaching me ways that I never learned in school. So I'm still learning myself because things mm. are changing so rapidly. But, oh, my God. So um, it's not enough, I think, for the kids, especially with, with behavior and mental health and um, all of that coming into play. Like it needs to be addressed in a way that fits the kids of today because mm. um, because they're different kids to how we were even and how our parents were and, and our grandparents. It's It's changed. Yeah, massively. Massively. And it, it, so much of it goes kind of like what we've spoken about today has been so cool because, you know, we spoke about what I love is how you get the, you get the ATAR, you feel like you have to do it. So yeah. if you get a high ATAR, I'm, I'm seeing this a lot in private schools, you get a really high ATAR, end of, you know, 99 or something, 95, you have to use that ATAR. Yeah. You don't. 
No. You can just do whatever you want. Yeah. The beauty of having a high ATAR is that it gives you access to do any degree to you any want. any degree you, you want. You don't even have to do a degree. No. How many people get a 99 ATAR? Surely, like, at least, I reckon, like, at least 95% of people who get a 99 ATAR do a degree because what's the point in getting a high ATAR if you don't do a degree? Yeah. Well, yeah. you just need to follow what you're passionate about and what love what you love. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with taking a break and no. figuring it out. Better to take a break than do a degree. Than do something you're not actually wanting to do and there's no passion behind it. It's also okay to get a, a hiatus and, and use it. That's totally fine if you too want to do that. if you want yeah. to and that's your passion and that's yeah. if you're wanting to get into a degree that requires that, that ATAR. But if you don't and you do get it, I did it for myself. There, there was a little bit of pressure from school and, and parents and family, but it was pressure within myself. Yeah. I wanted to do well for myself in order to open up more doors and opportunities. Mm. It wasn't for anyone else. So when people were saying, you know, you're spending so much time studying and I had friends say, you know, you, and I wrapped myself in a little bu- bubble and I, I was, I got quite sick, um, because I was so, focused on studying mm. and didn't have a social life, didn't want to do anything apart from studying. But I look back at it and it was for myself. I don't know what pressure I was putting in my head, but I was trying to push myself to my limits in order mm. to get the best that I could to open up more doors. But little did I know I didn't actually need to. And I tell that to my students and I mentor with all my mentoring that I do with my students. I say that I push myself to the brim and I can see that you're doing the same. Yeah. But I said, you don't need to. It's about balance. Mm. And that's what I do with them. Here's a timetable. Here's how you're going to use it. And here's how you're going to study. And here's how you're going to spread out your time. I said, I didn't have, like I had friends in school, but when it was HSC time and prelims and all the exams, they weren't like, I shut them out. Mm. I shut my parents out. I shut my siblings out. I shut everyone out because I was so focused on doing well in school but if at the time now that like if i could go back in time i'd i'd do it a little bit differently and also you're actually gonna get better marks if you're in a better mental space if yeah. you've got friends around you your family around you and going out like i never understood like hey, i can't come out tonight i'm i can't come out to this party i'm studying it's like yeah what do you mean it's a four-hour party on a friday yeah. night it's not going to affect your is yeah, four your hours on a night are you really yeah. gonna be studying from nine to twelve on a friday yeah. night i always yeah. thought it was the biggest cop out i was like yeah. are you serious chucking your night yeah and, yeah no I, like, I yeah no I, I i get that and the same with university people when it comes to exams and things i i actually um traveled midway through my degree well sorry in my last year of degree whilst just opening up my business i went to europe for seven weeks nice. last year um so i think i mentioned in april last year i opened my center but it was in July of that, sorry, June of that year, a few months later, that I packed up and left, mm. closed the doors, just opened, closed the doors and, and traveled for seven weeks in my university break, in my final year of uni. People thought I was crazy. What do you mean you're closing your doors? You just opened. Or mm. what do you mean you're traveling for seven weeks and you're doing your final year of, of uni? But I said, it's, I needed that. And I think that's what kids need, like students need to know. Mm. University level and high school, it's okay to, to have that break and balance. And it wasn't until university, my literally my last year, after that many years of schooling, that I realized that it was okay to I do actually, that. I wouldn't say it is okay. I would say it's important. It's important. It's needed. Yeah, it's required, it's like, really. Yeah, it's like, if you can, if, if you've got that um, flexibility and you're and able you to. That, many, and you do, but people many, think that they do How many holidays do you get in uni? Like, I know. You get like three or four months. Massive. Like, wait. And they still complain nonstop. Yeah, I don't have the money or I can't do it. And, and I'm like, well, it wasn't about my – all I did is put a bit of pocket money aside yeah. – over a year and eventually I, there was my Europe trip yeah. and I did it. I picked up and left and Save 25% no of everything you earn yeah. for next year and you can, you can travel. It's very with easy. with your finances. Yeah, it's okay. You're probably still living at home. Even if you're working at Woolworths, like you can earn like five, $600 a week. Save. Yeah. If you're saying 100 bucks a week every year, 
It's five thousand two hundred dollars. Yeah, that's a Europe trip. Yeah, exactly. Flights, accommodation. That that's and that's and you can do it in a way that's affordable. Like I did mm. a top deck tour. I did. Yeah, I did Kentucky. Like, yeah, there you go. Yeah. I so did, I spent a lot of I spent a lot of money because I was like, I'm just going to go out. Yeah. This is twenty eighteen. Oh, and now I've got savings because I've got holiday savings now. I couldn't spend this year. Yeah. So as soon as now like, you've got another holiday. Now to I've got for. yeah yeah big holiday whenever the world opens up again. Yeah. As I think. Everyone does. Massive, yeah. But yeah, it was so fun. And like, it's yes, all you need to do is save. Yeah. It's, it's the experiences that you get from it that are most important. Yeah. And stop but, complaining. Like, people be like, I can't afford it. It's yeah. like, you actually can. You you're can. just spending your money on other stuff. Definitely. And you're not prioritizing your money. Yeah. I, I don't have time. It's like, well, you get three months off a year. Yeah. You could just work for three months and, or you could do, there's so much you could do in that three months. Yeah. There's, it's just crazy. But people have that mentality, but yeah. I can't afford it. No, so, I, you, you don't, like you said, you don't need the, all you need to do is just be a little bit stricter with your finances. Um, Barefoot Investor, there was a book that I read oh, um, about classic. separating your money yeah. and how to do it and have a splurge account and have that for yourself. I have that. I have a yeah, splurge so account. Yeah, so, so do I. And that's what helped me. That's what, that's where I thought, you know what? No, separate my finances mm. so that way I've got an account just for me and whatever you're saving for, whether it be a new computer or whether it be a holiday, whether it be mm. a new car, whatever it may be, that's your splurge and it's yeah. okay to have that. It's not, it's, it's for yourself. Yeah. I have, um, um, so I have my business account, but then I've got my personal account, which yep, is expenses. But then I, I transfer my personal money into an invest, like a, and so I go from ComBank to ANZ. So it's mm-hmm. actually a separate bank. So I can't see it. Uh-huh. I can that's see it if I want to, idea. but it's not always yeah, in my I've face. I've got two as well. So I transfer that and I've got multiple accounts in ANZ. I've got an investment account. I've got a holiday account. And then I've got my splurge account here. And it's just like, it's so easy because most yeah. bank accounts are free now. Yeah, so there's no right. fees on some of them. No. So it's like just open them up and start. Yeah. And separate them. your money and be yeah. stricter. Like you said, having those two different banking um, institutions where you're yeah. not going to touch the one that you don't have a card for. Or, yeah. Like I, I've got one that I don't have a card for. I don't for. have a card for them. Yeah. And it's it's good because you're not going to transfer out of yeah. it. And, and having splurge is good. And for the listeners, splurge is just where you put some money aside that you can just spend every week. Yeah. A small amount of money, you can just go nuts. Dedicate a percentage of your wage that's appropriate yeah. to put aside. Um, whether you have expenses, I like I dedicate my expenses. I give myself a wage being an entrepreneur. So do I, yeah. you need I, do to. The, I do the same. Um, I just work out a, a certain wage that I give myself and then part of that then gets distributed into different accounts. And I automate it. I don't yeah, even so do, do it I. manually. No, I just set it up so it's automated. It's so, <laughs> so easy. easy. Like, yeah. There's no like, excuse. How do you do that? Like how annoying? I'm like, no, I don't do it manually. No, just it's every it. week that it just gets pulled out of my account and, put, and yeah. gets spread apart. Every month, if you so get paid, easy. I pay myself on Sunday. If you get paid on Sunday, whatever day, Thursday, Friday, automate your transfer, automate your money from that account the next day. To separate, so yeah. I get paid on Sunday, Monday morning, all my money gets distributed yeah. into different accounts. So I can't see it. Yeah. If I can't see it, I won't spend it. That's right. Whatever, like, whatever's in your uh, account, um, your everyday spender that you can spend, yeah. that's where you're going to spend it. The other money is going to hopefully stay secure and you're not going to yeah. want to touch it. And yeah. it's just like, there's so many things. I'm just so sick of people complaining. Yeah. I don't have enough. If you, if you're complaining in university for not having enough time and you have three months holiday and they say the average uni student needs to study 20, 15 to 20 hours a week and another, what, five hours on top of that. So like, let's say it's 25 hours, 30 hours a week. Like, I worry if you're going to go walk in a corporate job where they work like nine to nine yeah. or, and you get like two weeks holiday. It's yeah. like, that's going to be a real wake up that's call. That's a wake up call. That's when you, yeah, don't, you lack the time and yeah. use the time while you can. And to be fair, most uni students I know are all working. They're all working hard. Yeah. They've got part time jobs. They're doing stuff on the Sometimes side. Sometimes multiple. Yeah. yeah. Multiple jobs. Exactly. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. And so it's actually the, the people I worry for are the people who get pocket money from their parents who are quite wealthy. And it's yeah. like, man, what are your plans? Like, yeah. After that, you've got you. You've probably developed no work ethic. You're working like 10, 20 hours a week just studying. Yeah, and you've got three months holiday, and you don't even work a part time job. It's just like, man, how are you supposed to 
get a big management job yeah, and stuff. Yeah, that's right. Which, and those corporate, they work long hours. And unpaid after like overtime yeah. and uh, hours outside of work. It's not as glamorized as, as people think it mm. is. I'm, like they glamorize it to a way that people think that it's desirable until you're actually in it. As you mentioned with your internship. Yeah, with the the internship, it was awesome PR, like this and that and that, and it wasn't. Mm. Like whatever you see on the media and whatever you think that a job's going to be, it's usually the opposite or it's usually a downgraded version of that. So don't have high expectations is what I always say. That's why I think there should be like a one – at bare minimum, there should be a whole day where year 12 students get to sit down with people like – who can do, sorry, career stuff, and they go, okay, how do we figure out what we want to do? All right, let's research. What is life like of a PR person? Yeah. Let's get on the phone. And get let's- people come in and, yeah. and sell their experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then they could like, okay, you want to figure it out? Well, we've actually got a spot open for a week. You can come work with us yeah. for free yeah. and you As can figure ch- it out. Just to see it behind behind yeah. closed doors, what it's actually like. I think that that's really important, especially if I had that in my final years of school, I probably would have realized that that mm. wasn't for me. Yeah, um, I didn't have that. It's just crazy. Like, how hard is that to set up? And it's so, and so many people are jumping into um, anything, a degree, um, a course, a job, a trade, often not knowing what it is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's a good part about trades. It's quite clear what it is. Yeah. And, you know, I say to you, trades are a really good option. People look down on tradies, but man, it's, no, you get it's, paid to learn. Yeah, that's right. You see, so you literally get paid to learn as an apprentice. Yeah. And then you go into a job where you're earning decent money. Yeah. And it's like, poof. Yeah, yeah, no, people look down on like yeah, on on going to TAFE and, and doing a trade, but it's yeah. actually yeah, it's not not as bad as people think and yeah. you can be really successful with that. The key thing I think is just do what you're interested in. Yeah. Figure out what you love. Absolutely. Um follow and obviously you're not gonna figure out what you love at seventeen. So just start off no. by following what you're interested in. Yeah. And understand, have the mentality of I'm just tasting. I'm yeah. going to drop. If this if this isn't for me, I can drop out. Yeah. That's the beauty of stuck. Jacinta Ardern in, in New Zealand. She bought in um, first year of university for every single student is free, awesome. C- completely free. Yeah. So it's like you can try this and you haven't if got, you don't you've, like it, you've it's lost okay. anything. Yeah. yeah. Which is, which is, I think is important because I think like myself, you, you go into it thinking, well, I've just paid for half my degree. Like I have to mm. pay for this so that I, I have to stay. Whereas like, like the New Zealand, um, what they're doing is is it's for free so it's yeah. okay in the first year if you don't want to use that or you want to change yeah that's and even, awesome i didn't know that they were doing that it's cool but yeah. even then i would say like it's not so much the cost which is scary for me it's three years of your life it's yeah. the time that you're losing is more scarier to me Definitely. so it's like imagine what you could have done in two like what i can achieve in three years is i've basically since school has been four years yeah and i feel like i've learned so, so much, much. And, I've, and i'm not saying i achieve so heaps, but i've learned so much. I met so many cool people and it's yeah. like, yeah, I just think it's a time which is valuable. Yeah. And yeah, and I'll just reinforce a point I made, which was drop out if you're not interested in, if you're really hating it, just get out, switch degrees, figure something out because don't just finish it. Cause then when you finish it, you're going to be like, oh, well now I've got to go into the job because I've got the degree. Yeah. And 10, 20 years later, you're going to be like, I wish I had taken a leap of faith and I'd taken a risk to follow something I'm passionate about when I'm 20 years old, Yeah, when I was 20 years old. Yeah. No, definitely. I yeah, completely agree. I think that once once students get out of that mindset, then that's when um, they'll like they'll they'll be in the position that we are <laughs> four or five years out of school. Mm. They'll realize that. But if we can tell them now, so exactly. that way they're not then getting to the, our age and realizing yeah. that, then that that's crucial. Exactly. If we yeah. can get the point across when they're eighteen, nineteen, we could save so many people so many years yeah. and hopefully push them into something they're more interested in and yeah. aligned with. Yeah. Um, but 
anyway, this has been a, this has been a really good conversation. Yeah, like no, seriously. Sure. But before we wrap up, I think you've probably heard. I ask every single guest this question. Yeah. It's just what would your number one piece of advice be for the younger generation? Can be completely unrelated to what we spoke about. Yeah. But what would that be? Um, I would say um, follow who, like follow what you want to do, which which because aligns with what we were speaking about today. Follow what you want to do, and yes, hear from other people's perspectives and opinions, mm. and but don't make that shape where you want to go. Yeah. Um, I think that 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 was massive, and, and if things go wrong, or if you choose a path that doesn't end up being what you expect, persevere and and keep going, push through it, and and it's okay or. And to change your mind and, and not be so narrow-minded. Mm. Um, I'd say, yeah, it's okay to stuff up and mm. it's not perfect and it's okay to make mistakes and um, just know that there's there's the grass is green on the other side. It's not the end of the world if you if you do make a mistake or if I could tell my younger self that, I'd say it's okay. Like you haven't wasted time, you haven't wasted money, just um, you've lo- take what you've learned from, yeah. from those experiences more than anything. Yeah, you can dwell on what you've done or you can take the learning. We yeah. say there is no winning or losing, it's winning or learning. Yeah. So it's like if you, you know, as you mentioned, if you drop out of a degree or, you know, you're not loving it, okay, well, I've, re- I've already I've dedicated money, that's fine. I've de- lost some time, that's fine. Yeah. Let's move on to Don't the next thing. Don't dwell on it because then you just be stuck in yeah. that same mindset. Like, move past it. Yeah. What have I learned from that? And and write it down. Like, write, what have I learned from that? Or, like, I'm starting to get into the habit of getting up in the morning and just write what I'm grateful for or what, yeah, yeah. what – what um what I'm pushing for, what your goals are, have that in line with with your values, and that's going to be the motivation for you. Mm. Um, like I said, taking yeah the good and the bad. What have I learned from it? Awesome. What did I not learn? Or what what were the negatives to it? Okay, push that aside and and move forward. Um, I think that's important. Yeah, and I will point out that the reason we're dwelling on it is because we're trying to help people prevent yeah, making that mistake. Absolutely. And so you're not actually dwelling on it. You're just no, telling your I'm experience just of those experiences that have shaped where I am yeah. today. And and I'm grateful for those mistakes mm. and I'm grateful for those stuff ups because I wouldn't be the same person. Yeah. If I had such a smooth sailing um, transition out of school into uni and where I am today, I wouldn't have those experiences. So if something did go wrong later on, I wouldn't know, I wouldn't be resilient. Yeah. It's uh, the resilience that I've built exactly. because of all the things that have gone wrong and all the sh- closing of doors and all the people that have said negative things. That's what's made me stronger mm. and more resilient than ever. Mm. So I'm grateful for the negative negativity that I've had at such a young such a young age and all the stuff ups that I have had and mistakes and opinions and that's I, I'm I'm grateful for that now. At the yeah. time I wasn't. Now I realize that I needed that. And you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. You're going to fail. It's not, will I fail? It's not, yeah, w- yeah. will I fail? It's when will I fail? Yeah. W- will I lose? When will I lose? Like, you're going to yeah. lose, you're going to fail. No matter if it's, it's when. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's yeah. important because it will shape who you are. And understand that, you know, as a society, we look down on failure so much. People will avoid failure at any potential cost. Yeah. But you need to fail in order. Like, I failed heaps. Yeah. I feel like this podcast is the first thing I've kind of been successful at or i've had consistently work for me everything else i failed i failed i failed i failed yeah and it's okay if if that does happen it's okay even if you start off really good and then you something hits you that's okay too um that's going to happen but it's how you then move past that and become more resilient and grab what you've learned from it that i think definitely matters most amazing well thank you so much for this conversation it's been awesome Um, it's been really cool and before we wrap up um where did you want to send people if there's anyone here who wants to learn from you and your team or just wants to find out more about what you guys do yeah. or find out more about yourself or yeah. message you where yeah. should they go 
Definitely. Look, I'm, like I said at the start, I'm not massive on social media, um, but I do have a Facebook page, Monique's Love to Learn Tutoring, um, and an Instagram page. So that's page. number two, isn't it? Yes. So, so Monique's, Monique's um, with an S on the end, love, L-O-V-E, number two, and then learn. Yep. Um, you should be able to find me um, on Instagram and Facebook if you if you type that in. My personal account is just first name, so Monique and Mbouge, B-U-G-G-E. Um, I'm looking at making that um, not private, so it's currently a private account, um, but mostly my business account is where people can follow me, um, reach out to me, send me a DM if you have any questions. It doesn't mm-hmm. even have to do with my work and yeah, what yeah. I do. If you're out of area or if I'm, so, I'm happy to chat about my experience or even organize um, conversations about what we spoke about today and more mm. um, because I am looking at tapping into more of the mentoring side of things and um, because of my experience in the tuition and education system, tapping into that more so with the younger generation moving forward, not just tutoring and, yeah. and branching off from there. So open to people, yeah, reaching out to me yeah, with anything awesome. that they have. And do it. Guys, message her. Message yeah. me. I know yeah. I've gotten a lot of DMs lately. I know I've had a few people reach out to past guests. Yeah. but like, highly encourage it. People are hesitant. And I think, yeah. and it wasn't for me if I didn't reach out to you. That's right. You reached and, out to me. <laughs> and yeah. I'm not the type of person, like, I'm, I'm confident. <laughs> I wouldn't call myself an uh, ex, like a... Um, what do you say? Extrovert. Like I'm the extrovert. I'm, I'm introverted, but I'm extroverted. And I'm a bit of mixture, but I, I, I shy away from putting myself out of my comfort zone. And mm. I, I was saying to you before, I'm like, it's not what I usually do. I don't just slide into someone's DMs and, yeah, yeah. and reach out to them. But if it wasn't for that, then I wouldn't be here. So get out of your comfort zone. Message like Brian or myself and don't, don't be sure. There's no dumb questions. Like ask yeah. away. And that's something that I've learned too. Well, if, if, if you message someone, they don't reply, that's okay. You've reached out to them. Yeah. You're in the same position you were five minutes ago. Um, I'm more than happy to yeah to chat and i'm, I'm yeah. sure you are too I, and, and i if anyone and this might bite me in the ass because i haven't said this on the <laughs> podcast before but anyone who reaches out to me and like asks for a chat i'll have a zoom chat with you yeah and like I, we did. I haven't promoted it too much on the podcast because I don't, I don't know if i'm gonna get heaps of people doing yeah, it now yeah but point is if like if you really want to have a chat i'm very generous with my time right now yeah i'll just give you a link you know 20 30 minutes of my day i don't yeah. mind we can have a chat. Yeah. Um, I record it and it's just, you know, it's very insightful for me because similar yeah. to you, I'm getting into coaching and wanting to help young yeah. people. So I just love getting to meet new what, people and yeah. hearing from them. Yeah. And hear what exactly. they're going through. Like, oh, you're 17. So tell me about that. What's, what's yeah. going on with the schooling system? Yeah. Like, how are you finding it? Are you struggling with social That's media? That's what I want to hear. Like, I yeah. want those younger people to be able to reach out to myself and, and hear that. I think, yeah. We, when you when you hear a tutoring centers, you're kind of like, oh, they just do the education and they're little mm. kids that they're struggling with school. No, like we 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 more well, myself especially, we do more than that. Like I'm more of a mentoring coach yeah. with my older students, and it's not then just them coming to me for that. I'm happy to. I spend so much time outside of work having phone calls and emails and Zoom chats with my HSC students and with any yeah. students. Really, I'm open to it's chatting fun, about isn't it? anything. Yeah, absolutely. I love meeting new people. It's if it's free. Like it doesn't. It's not about. Like I said, it's never. It was never about the money. It's about like it was for me it was just i'm happy to just chat to people and it's yeah that's yeah. more important than anything the point is reach out to us yes the, absolutely if you want to easiest way will just be click on whatever platform you're using spotify or apple the links yeah. will be in below yeah and you Ma- can put my links down the bottom that's what i mean wanna, so yeah. monique will be there my links will be there and yeah. yeah but monique thank you so much for coming on the show no it's been great thank you for having me That's it for this episode of the Driven Young Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the entire episode. That means the world to me. And if you got some value out of it, please shoot me a message on Instagram or reach out to me. Or I would love for you to leave a rating or review on this podcast. So make sure you are subscribed and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.